All right, where were we? Uh, right, diaphragms. Sexy. Seductive. Racy. Romantic. Loving. Provocative. Steamy. Humble. Titillating. Microscopic. These are just some of the words typically used to describe my vibe, my aura, what my wife has to work with. Sexy. Right now, however, I'm lending these descriptors, all but that last one, to my three guests for this very special Valentine's Day episode of Radio Books. Tess Irondale, Daniel Wisniewski, and Rebecca Woods are here to discuss the finer points of narrating audiobooks in the oft-prejudged and misunderstood realm of what's usually referred to as the romance genre. Did you know that harem, romance, and erotica are three completely separate and unique categories? I did. No, I, I didn't, but, but I do now. And so will you. As an added bonus, we've also written three stories of our own that I'm pretty sure you'll enjoy. So, enjoy. All three of you, welcome to Radio Books. Thank you again for coming on. Would you mind doing me a favor and stating your name and saying one thing about yourself in one word or less? Uh, go ahead. I wanted Hello. to see who was going to jump I'm in. I'm Rebecca. Wanna... <laughs> I'll, I'll start. Um, okay, I, go ahead. <laughs> I am Rebecca Woods. Uh, happy to be here. And one word or less, um, yeah. enthusiasm. Go All right, that. there you go. <laughs> hey there, I'm Tess. I'm Tess Irondale. One word or less, so like half of a word would count? Sure, yep. <laughs> yep, it could be uh, a hyphenated say, word. I'll say, uh, I'll say curious. Oh, okay. Finally, the man. Introduce yes. yourself. Male, which is not the word I will use to describe myself. Hi, okay. I'm Daniel Wisniewski, and the one word would be gentleman. Not man. Oh. Gentleman. Oh, oh yes. how, how safe of you. Yes. <laughs> Don't worry, ladies, you can trust me. Very nice. Let's get down to the Valentine's Day genre of is harem new like a new offshoot of like erotica and rom like because i've I never heard of that before so someone explain to me i think in my sophomoric uh very basic mind that it's like skinamax <laughs> or soft core something like like i don't know what it is some really can heard be. it some yeah. can be um about harem. Yeah. Well, um, it was new to me when I began narrating it. I'd, I had not read any, and I didn't realize at the time what a big genre it was. And I guess I'm not sure at what point it sort of exploded. Good word choice for that genre. <laughs> um <laughs> But one of my earliest, earliest, like within my first 10 books I ever did was a harem book, which I, did, I don't think I even had the terminology at that point to identify what the genre was, but it was about a college boy who um, met a sexy demon and a sexy angel and a bunch of other magical creatures, and they were basically all his girlfriends. 
Uh, and from that point on, I just started doing so many harem books. Um, but <laughs> there, there obviously is a is a great spread. Another good word for this genre in terms of <laughs> Stop. what's hardcore. What's you know, th- there's a yeah. a yeah. lot of variation. I seem to lately be doing a lot of monster harem, which mm. is often a human man and a lot of sexy monsters. Uh, there's also reverse harem, which I have never done. There there generally seems to be an element of the supernatural in every book I do. I've never done just a straight harem book where it's all human people. Everyone often has wings or fangs or tails yeah. or something. Of course, obviously. And weird, there's, sorry, there's one more thing that I want to point out about some of the books, which is that I was surprised by the level of love and romance and caring and sort of familial Mm. feeling that exists in these books. Because when you sort of talk, when you talk about them in this way, they come across as just sort of straight up erotica. But within the harem unit in the book, there's great, it's all about love and trust and consent. And there's often, my books often end with the main characters having a kid and yep. sort of happily yep. having a family. So it's yeah. it's it's very specific. Anyhow, that's my experience with it. What have yours been? Oh, me? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we'd no, like I, yours. I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> have we got an exciting new project uh, for you, sir? <laughs> but uh, I've noticed, too, that along that, that same vein, it seems to be that there's um, kind of two sides to it. There's the fact that in having multiple women in the story, it's kind of an opportunity for anyone with, or any, especially guys listening, with their different tastes in women. There's like a guy for every, or a girl for everyone's taste. So there, there's that element that I've heard as a part of it. Mm-hmm. And then the humans versus monsters part of it too. Uh, Dan and I have actually done a book where it was human beings, the Descend series. And um, mm-hmm. it what was happening with them is they were essentially uh, stuck on an island, forced to kind of start life anew in a way. And so what I've kind of noticed is that the reason monster girls, as it were, is most popular is it's an easy way for the harem building to start because the monsters mm-hmm. are often like, oh, we're cat people. And, you know, with cats, there's usually like one guy and a bunch of <laughs> female cats so yes, this is not go. a problem for us you know <laughs> um and it, it was interesting to see that in the uh, in the more human in the descent series with humans it was more of a, a a moral question and they were all like well i mean is this just kind of the new <laughs> n- new normal like is this just what we do now is this just i mean there's only one guy and and we got to figure this out so it's it's been interesting to see that within the different worlds of of people and options and monster girls. (laughs) 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 To piggyback off of that, uh, what Rebecca was saying about the Descent series specifically, one, it was also multiple guys. It was just a ratio of like five to one. Mm -hmm. And it was, yes, they were all human, but they were also evolving, being like uh, their evolution was being expedited as a series of tests from these alien races that were trying to unlock the further expansion of humanity's genome. It was actually like a very sophisticated plot that, (laughs) yeah, you wouldn't expect. But Uh, I don't think you understand. The people that listen to this are not that bright. So you're going to have to. (laughs) See, pull that Harvard shit back and... (laughs) 
<laughs> Aliens came from the sky and wanted Thank to you. make humans better, which <laughs> you are. But I'm totally um, kidding. But the way you no. explained that, I was like, "Fuck, that was it's, fucking it's, awesome." It's one of the it's one of the cooler <laughs> plot lines, and it also features a lot of guy having sex with many women. But right. it was it also like pointed out in the book, you know, how exhausted he was, how tired of this he was. It's like he had to have a system put in place. It was actually kind of refreshing. Every three pages, he's like, oh, mm-hmm. man, I got to do this again. Like, yeah, he, 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 which is funny. But I but I feel like the genres, this genre is so steeped in the sci-fi fantasy. And uh, I remember this, uh, Rebecca and I met up with a client of ours, Sibelius. Tess, you also worked with oh, him as yeah. well. Uh, yeah. We met him for lunch in, in New York, and he was, we were talking to him about that. And he said something along the lines of the rules are easier to bend and shift within fantasy and science fiction. So it allows for this unrealistic scenario in our world to be either the norm or have more justification than it would. Is it like you said rules? Is it because like steampunk has rules? Yeah. So is it similar in that that there are like, you know... you there said are, obviously you can get away with much more because it is fantasy and all that, but I mean, is is there like all right? It has to be this, and it has to be this, and it has to be this. Anything else is fine as long as you keep those, you know, three things in mind. Something like that is that typical for them, or there are tropes, you know, typical things okay. that you could see happening over and over within a series. I I found okay, you know, all right. there's usually at least one beast person of <laughs> yeah, some well. varying degree. Um, there's an elf usually somewhere along the lines. Yeah, Um, of course. Yeah, my experience that interestingly enough, the the man always sort of finds himself in this scenario. He doesn't go looking for it, which again I would say is just a trope. But um, they're often sort of bewildered at first by what's happening, and they're relying on these women to help them survive somehow. So the women are quite often very powerful, very strong. Uh, mm. Yeah, that is something I've noticed in the in the good ones as well. That the women get just as many badass scenes as the men do, or as the man does. Right. That they are capable and supportive, and they all care about each other, and it's all consensual. Like yeah. that's something that, like, that's when it, there are there are books that we've done, Rebecca and I, that have had the male protagonists actively go out and punish other men in the series for like forcing themselves upon people. Yeah, and. Huh. It's, it's, this is it's, interesting it's, as hell. Yeah. It's an yeah, interesting yeah. genre. And it's kind of like, it's weird though. I What Tess said earlier uh, kind of made me think it's like, it's a genre that when you start to do it, it's kind of like an Ikea. You get lost in it and you suddenly <laughs> find yourself surrounded by it. And it's kind of hard well, to get so out. So it's all pictures then and you have to write <laughs> Really no complex words. instructions with a lot okay. of inserting rod A into slot B. God damn. <laughs> well, because here's the thing, too. At the end of the day, I think um, what this genre ends up doing is becoming a, a, a sort of wish fulfillment. Is you see mm. um, very often throughout these stories, it is a male protagonist who starts out powerless or disliked or too skinny or, or too large or too something. And by the end of these stories, he's discovering things about himself. He is finding confidence and ability he is is being able to protect and support and also be supported by all these women so it mm-hmm. is it is easy to kind of laugh and and see the tropes but there is there's a, a great deal of of you know the guys that listen to this going oh man yeah I, what i wish i could do what i wish i could be right uh, well i i i'm, 
I, I thought I was going to like giggle and stuff. Oh, it's harem and porn, whatever. But I'm, I'm serious. I'm fucking fascinated by this yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah. I don't usually sit here this quietly and I usually <laughs> jump in with some dumb shit, but I'm like, no shit. But it's you just dumb. said, well, Rebecca, you just said, um, guys that listen, who, who do you, do you know who the majority of this list? I mean, romance is usually more, you know, geared toward women. Is it, are yeah. there a lot of guys that listen to this or, I mean, it, Seems yeah. like it would be right up their alley, you know what I mean? So, I so to speak, it. I got one of my exactly. own. There you go. Hey, hey, there you go. Um, well, the thing is, but, um, I see this as as kind of um, the the romance genre for guys. You know, is is how I've okay. kind of referred to it somewhat jokingly before. That it is, you know, where. It, I'm I'm reading for myself, which is quite nice. You know, not not for other people. I've started actually reading for myself more. But yeah. I, you know, I like reading romance books written for women. And it's interesting to me yeah. that as I'm reading those, I'm seeing some of the parallels, but on the other side. So I'm seeing the wish fulfillment of like a girl reading this and being like, oh, wouldn't it be great if I was like this and guys talk to me like this, and guys treat me like this. Right. And so it's just completely flipped. And I have actually seen primarily a male audience or audience of, uh, listen listening ship uh for this uh these works and i've 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 had some wonderful interactions with some fans some listeners who are so grateful and love these stories and it, it's just it's really pure and sweet which is so funny considering it's, some of the content uh, yeah i think it's well i mean it's a very base um human uh, you know desire and need and yeah. In, you know, emotion and, and a way to relate to one another. I think that, you know, while you're listening, whatever you imagine is what you imagine. But when you finally meet the people, it's like, yeah, these are my people. I, I don't yeah. want to go as far as saying it's like Comic-Con, but it, it kind of is, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, yeah. these are, these are my people. I feel comfortable. They, they, there's no judgment here. They're, you know, mm -hmm. they read it. I listen to it. So does that person. So does that, you know, that's, yeah. that's pretty cool. I mean, that's, is, is there like the, speaking of comic-con is there like um conventions or what you know that just kind of center around these genres or that you know of that you've been to or because there's you know there are sci-fi ones and yeah all that kind of stuff but there is one for lit rpgs and okay. a lot yeah. of there's actually a lot of crossover mm -hmm. with i found with the genre that um especially yeah. with the works of like atlas kane he does a lot it's very much a lit rpg and very much a romance okay and there's bleed over in that effect. And it actually allows, I think, for the narrators to also bleed over into that genre sure. as well. There's a lot of easy crossover. It's just, you know, the scenes become more fate to black versus, you know. Well, it, there's the both, like, a little more. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> I was going to say. Very bold they're both, print. They're all such imaginative types of stories you know like i think the fantasy is there it's just it's kind of like a, a, a freeing of an imagination <laughs> of whatever can be you know what i mean and i think that's the you know uh, it sounds like that's what the benefit of it is allowing for such a crossover and allowing for so many people like, seriously i am fascinated by the <laughs> i really am i'm like so wait so people are cool with this one dude and these like five women <laughs> but there's no pressure and he finds himself, and they're all cool with it. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> well, that's the thing. Within the genre, there there are layers. Like, there are yeah. some where they're not. There's a lot of, like, there can be drama within the relationships. Right. But, you know, it's like any genre. You can have your garbage, you can have your fluff, and you can have mm -hmm. your gold. It's just depending on the person who's putting the effort in that's okay. writing it. That's... Yeah. <laughs> 
Okay, I'm seriously, I'm going <laughs> to talk to my wife after. I'm like, no, honey, listen, listen, I'm a politician. <laughs> you know? I'm, I'm, I'm a connoisseur of hair. You just need to find a, a cat woman. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you see the shape of water? It's like that, but with four of them. Anyway. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think of that, man. <laughs> that is it. <laughs> I remember watching that going, I don't, I don't. What happened to the Pan's Labyrinth, dude? I don't get this. But then I saw it again on TV. I'm like, Oh, you know what? There's something about this movie. Yeah. 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 Daniel and Rebecca, you guys said you've worked together. Tess, have you worked with either of them before? No, I haven't. This is my first time meeting them. I so rarely get to talk or see other narrators. You know, it's so lonely. You're in your little little box. And I certainly haven't spoken with any narrators who actually work in this genre. So it's it's really fun just to know there's others... (laughs) No, out there absolutely. standing in dark boxes talking about sexy cat women. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Is that primarily all you do? Do you do other things? Do you um children books? Uh <laughs> I I'd love I mean, to. I'd love to too. I would say that yeah. I, I um I'm most known for like lit for lit RPG RPG and harem, but uh no, I do tons of stuff. I, I have a whole pseudonym that does Christian romance. Uh I do oh, nonfiction. Oh. I do a bunch of just sort of straight up popular fiction, a lot of zombie, a lot nice. of um, end of the world kind of terrifying books, which yeah. feel really depressing to read right There's now. There's a lot of those. <laughs> um, no, I do. I do all kinds of stuff. Yeah. I really, I really enjoy mixing it up. It's it's nice to have variety. Daniel. I've actually, uh, similar to Tess, I found I get a lot of bleed over into lit RPG. Uh, It's actually a genre that is a personal favorite of mine because I'm a massive, massive fantasy nerd. I play Dungeons and Dragons pretty much. That was a slur. (laughs) It's a hard word. I get paid to speak for a living. I play D&D. You're off the clock, man. You do what you got to (laughs) do. I play D&D. Pretty much as much as I can, which if you play D&D, you know, it's like every other week when people's schedules line up. So that genre is a really fun, exciting genre to me. But I also found I get a lot of work with Chris Kennedy and his Four Horsemen series. Like he has an entire expansive extended universe of military sci-fi that I just Mm. freaking love. And I've been doing a lot of that. And that also Mm. bleeds into the Hopper sci-fi. And Mm -hmm. so... You know, it's just I'm finding a lot of fun in the nice sort of fantastical science fiction stuff. Awesome. Rebecca? Mm. Um, I've gotten to do a couple of uh, mysteries, actually, which are one of my personal favorites when I'm just reading for myself. So that was yeah. that was awesome. Uh, I've, I've done a couple singular romance stories. And then I actually have a couple of solo clients that I do just straight up um, sci-fi. One of my first ever books on my own where I wasn't working with Daniel or a partner was actually this guy who approached me. He's like, hey, I love your sound. I'd love for you to narrate this like space opera that I'm doing. And it has like 200 characters in it. Can you do it? I'm like, yes, I can. (laughs) And I just went for it. So I I have um, a few books with him that I'm, I'm very grateful Sweet. for and then uh yeah and then and then this there's a book that you did where she's one of the most like professional narrators who just goes the extra mile that I've seen oh. there's a sea shanty in one of her books that she sent me in the I was in the booth getting ready for my day <laughs> and I get a text from her and she says I have to share it with someone who will appreciate this yeah. and it's all of uh leave her Johnny leave her 
And it's her in a four-part harmony sea shanty. Oh, hey, and no. it's so good. I, I nice. literally like screamed when I heard it in my booth and I call her, I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> it was you, so, so cool to get in an audiobook. So to get backstory on that got. too, I, I adore it. Uh, Ajax Ligon is the author. I, I absolutely adore his work. He's one of my favorite authors to work with. And um, it's, it's a, it's a harem series. It's fantasy. He's great too, because speaking of, of romance and the topic of the day, uh, he mm-hmm. reached out to me one time and was like, I feel like I primarily write, kind of one-on-one romances so it's interesting to me to try to dip my toe into this and 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 play with how does that transfer into more relationships um so we talk about that sometimes as well but he he reached out and he's like oh by the way there's a there's a sea shanty in the middle and i'm like okay well do you do you want me to actually sing it he's like well sure yeah if you want to like perfect <laughs> and so i'm sitting there and i'm like man okay so this is a male pirate singing this i'm doing the whole book just solo so this is a male pirate i'm like you know what I'm going to really have fun with this one. And so I went into the booth and I did eight different pirates and they all had different right. tones and and yeah. singing level abilities. So like I purposefully layered some bad oh singers God. in there too and just like awesome. had made this band of pirates singing and um it was so much fun. It was one of my favorite favorite days. Yeah, I think that's when the best stuff happens. When you have fun, I exactly. think that's when it comes across as the most entertaining. I you know it just to have the balls to just be like, wow, they just went for it. You know, I think that's just, you know, even more, you know, attractive to the to the listeners. Just like that yeah. is pretty fucking good. Did you hear that shit? <laughs> Bust out singing. Look at this. So that very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Two things really. Tess, one, you said you have a, a pseudonym for another, I don't I forgot which genre it was. Christian oh, Christian romance. Romance. Do you have a lot of uh, pseudonyms? I do. Like, you do. I awesome. Do yeah, I do. Cool. I I enjoy it. I enjoy working under other names. I enjoy the freedom of that. There's a bit yeah. of an. Uh, not, I don't want this to give the wrong impression, but there's a bit of an I don't give a shit quality to it. Um, yeah, yeah. When it's under your own name, you are. Uh, I'm I'm more I'm always more self critical, and there's a level mm-hmm. of freedom. By working under a pseudonym. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Does, does anyone ever notice? Have you ever, like, someone said, hey. No, not yet. I think because my no. genres, they're so separate. No For one who? listening to my gotcha. Christian stuff is going to listen to my alien harem <laughs> Good snake person call. story. Not that you know of, at least. Or maybe <laughs> there is. It's a, it's just in secret. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I, I, I that's interesting because I was thinking that I have... Uh, I have two others. My first uh, erotica book was completely by accident. Uh, it was when ACX just came out. I was looking at, you know, like, all right, I got to, you know, this is great training ground. Everyone's, you know, the author just wants an audio book. I just want to do it. It's great. <laughs> so it said romance. So I'm like, all right, yeah, I, I, I want to do romance. I think it'd be fun. I'd, I'd love to do romantic comedy. Whatever. Let's do it. And so I'm reading along and along and and. And the word, you know, cock comes up and I'm like, oh, wow, where the hell did that come? <laughs> of course, there's, you know, there's a beast woman involved and some dude with, you know, like three dicks. I don't know. And then <laughs> one for each then, woman. Uh, exactly. I didn't. <laughs> it, they never even explored that. I can't believe. Um, but they He's a Cerberus, but with penis. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, but then, you know, cock came up again and I'm like, God, that's a that's a lot of cock usage right there what the f- and then it just kept going and going and then there was 
because uh, I asked you guys about some of your favorite lines, which we'll get to in a minute. But then the line, uh, something about his cock and a dewy slit. And I was oh, like, God. I'm doing erotica. This is not romance. <laughs> now, I had, that- two young, I had two young daughters at the time. And I'm like, oh. I don't foresee them at this age getting with their pals over, you know, cookies and milk, talking about, hey, what does your dad do? And looking up my name on Audible and being like, oh, my God, he talks about weird shit. But one day they might. So I was like, I need to come up with a pseudonym right now. And uh, I did. (laughs) So that's where my, you know, my um, alternative genre uh, pseudonym came from. And then I have another one. It was an experiment that failed. I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to kind of uh, pay homage to my brother in a way. We used to go to Prince Edward Island, Canada every summer because that's where my grandfather was from. And uh, so he, his property has been in the family ever since. So we would go up there every summer. When, we, when you get onto the island, one of the first towns in is called Bonshaw. And as kids, we always, every time we went, we were like, Mom and Dad... We want to go to the Bonshaw 500. And it was like this little go-kart track that they had. It was awesome. It's, you know, such a such an awesome farmland, fishery, Canadian thing to have, you know. And so, but my parents were always like, okay, we'll see. And this went on for, you know, however many years. And it just, we, it never, we never got the fact that we just weren't going. So, as kind of a, you know, a nod to my brother, one of my pseudonyms is Bon Shaw. So, um, oh, yeah, oh, and it has, it also has like a double thing. I was like, it's the initials are also BS because it's, you know, what a great name for thriller mysteries. That's I a know, great Bob name Shaw. for thrillers. Yeah. <laughs> what about you guys? Do you, uh, Rebecca or Daniel have a pseudonym at all? Or? Actually, <laughs> funny story about that. Uh, Rebecca, you want to tell it? Cause we can, or we can tag team it. Cause I have my own thoughts uh, tag on team, pseudonyms. You <laughs> Sure. Tag team, tag team. There sure. it is. Okay, so <laughs> I'll jump uh, in. I have, I have my own thoughts on uh, pseudonyms and such because my last name is Wisniewski, which is not the easiest thing in the world to say. It's very much the phone number of last names. <laughs> and so I thought very long and hard about uh-huh, about changing my name. <clears throat> it fits I got the episode. It. I, got it. I, got it. Uh, I had a bit of a time mm. thinking about changing my name just it, as an actor in general. And one of the first books Rebecca and I did, it was a similar moment to you when you were like reading. It's like, oh, cock is coming up surprisingly, a surprising amount. And we actually went out to the to a bar afterwards oh, because we, we we had to wash the taste of what we read. It, it was, uh, you look at each other in the book. The book has just ended. You look over. Okay, bar, right now, five minutes, meet you there. We did. So yeah. you, it was, this was when you were like in the same room recording. Yeah, when we yeah, were okay. recording in the same room. The old days, very cool. It was, and very it wasn't cool. even that bad. It was just so gratuitous. Yeah. It was like, yes. nor, it's yep. like, it's, it was very tame comparatively to what we do because it was just, it was romance. It was one right. guy and one girl, yeah. but the girl was an android and it was just very descriptive. And so we decided to put it under fake names. Right. And, um, I guess, you know, there's no harm in sharing it. Like, my name that I chose was Jackson Rhodes because I'm a big wrestling fan. I got Jackson from the Young Bucks and I got Rhodes from Cody Rhodes and I like AEW, so I just <laughs> merged the two. And I thought it was a really good name. And then, Rebecca, what was yours? I, it was really Holmes. good, too. Ellen oh, Holmes. Oh, so chaste. Yeah, so chaste, <laughs> so pure. Yeah. And we were going to use those for a while for yeah. things that we thought were a little too much. And then the client we had on the book 
told everybody who we were, taking away the point of a pseudonym. Yeah, exactly. And saying that we use these names because we couldn't handle the material, quote unquote, unquote. It was, it's, it was, there's a lot of drama there. It was a time. (laughs) It was a time. Wounds have healed. We've moved on. But Mm. I know for at least my, and for pseudonyms and stuff, I then moved on to working with uh, Marcus Sloss from Royal Guard Publishing. We worked on his Mm. series, Griff, the Griffin Rider, big harem, big old harem. And... I wanted to use the pseudonym for that. But he right. said, I don't think you should necessarily not use your name. You yep. should, you know, it's, it might be this genre, but it's the work that you put in is good work. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the final moment for me to just keep my name no matter what. Cause yeah. it was always a thing for me. Cause it was a weird last name. I can't, right. I constantly got made fun of, you know, got to take a whiz. Newski was a big thing in grade school. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm, I'm 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 surprised it turned out as well as I did. No, it was it was I was just annoyed that they couldn't think of anything better. Mm. But Seriously, the, but I've got five over here already. No, oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Good, I want to I want them on a list on my desk at the end of the day. Um, but it just was that final moment. It's like it doesn't matter to me what I'm doing, like yeah. whether it's heavy romance, whether it's heavy like you know really big on on that sort of language, or if it's uh, a Christian fantasy, which I've done under my real name, or mm-hmm. a straight-up sci-fi, which I've done under my real name. What matters is the effort that I put in and that the clients put in and that we match that up, and that's what's going to carry. And that's yeah. that's what you'd want to put your name on. Not on something that's like, you know, got cock and pussy every three <laughs> words. Right. But something that, at the heart of it, is telling a story. And right. So that's what's helped it- me. And what you said, the author said to you, it's like, you're putting all this great work into it. And it's also kind of a testament to yourself where you're just like, that's my name. You know, I want my name on this work. And, you know, it's my family name and what, you know, whatever comes with that or whatever. I'm I'm adding something strong to it. And that kind of happened with me, too. So I totally get what you're saying. Rebecca, how about you? It's been a journey. I mean, uh, because I was similarly on that same book um, with with Dan mm-hmm. um, after we had used the pseudonyms and on this new one, it was both parts. It was what Dan was saying about, you know, hey, no, I, I, I'd I, love you guys on this. But it was what you were saying, too, as well, that like, hey, no, I, I do want you guys because you guys were known for this one. Everyone liked it. Right. So I'd like you on this. Um, but for me, it's been a very interesting journey kind of internally about using my own name with regards to what I'm reading. And I think it was actually, I've, I've learned a lot about like how awesome my mom is throughout this entire experience (laughs) because the more I'm like, Hey, um, mom, she's like, you did another cat girl one. It's okay. It's cool. I'm like, okay, cool. Awesome. Okay. Okay. Thank you. I love you. Um, and I think because of a mixture of that, a mixture of, I, I've been very lucky to have clients come up to me and say, I heard this, I'd like you on this. And um, that, that, that's incredible. And that's because of my name, you know, that's because my name was on something. And so um, through their respect and, and (laughs) the gratitude I have for that um, through my mom's encouragement and support. And, and again, like I said earlier about just getting to speak with some awesome people who love listening to this work and um, yeah. feel really happy and and excited and connected to you. Um, it's gotten me to a point where I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I'm, I am proud of what I do. I'm proud that there cool. are 
um, people who recognize me enough that they get excited um, for for whatever I'm I'm reading. And uh, my mom made a really great point one time because um, I kind of looked at her. I'm like, okay, mom, you're like. Some, some of these are, are like, you know, like really a lot. Uh, and she's yes. like, okay, well, you know, she's like, honestly, it's helping someone, you know, and, and I, it got told Beautiful to me one time, point. you know, you, you never know when, wh- why someone needs to listen or, or, you know, I, I, I heard a story one time that sometimes this is the only way get, people get to read audiobooks in general. You know, that's the only way right. that they get to read. It's, it's the only opportunity they get to read. It's, it's also, um, for a lot, I, I hear that harem especially is used to just enliven and enrich and enrich long truck journeys. You know, truckers out on the yeah. road, it's, it's they've got hours and hours and hours and hours of just being completely alone and especially getting to work with Daniel and, and having two people on the book and, and, and bringing even that much more life to it. Mm-hmm. I get excited about the opportunity to to gift that to them. And so because of all of that, uh, it, it has made me a lot more just relaxed about using my yeah. name in this and proud to use my name in this. So, yeah, yeah. I like your mom. Uh, <laughs> I know, right? She's, <laughs> a, so, she's, she's a cool. good mom. She's yeah, yeah. a cool mom. But it, it, it makes a, it makes a, a, a obviously it makes a good point. There's like a stigma that comes with it. It's like, I, yeah. I, I don't want to put my name on it. I don't want to put, like you said, it's not just, you don't know who it's going to help. But it's also like, well, you know, someone's going to do it. Why not you? Just do it. You know, what? The, who gives a shit? It's not like you have to go to school next week and all your friends are like, <laughs> no one gives a shit yeah, now. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's like, just just do it. And I, and I think you, get your mom nailing it. With <laughs> you. you don't know who you're going to help. Because I got to say, the, the people that reach out to me with things that I've helped with it it's just mind boggling mm. i get written from a lot of a lot of veterans that oh, say yeah. you know you you sound like an old drill sergeant of mine and 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 <laughs> wow. and it brings back good memories and sad memories and it, and it just makes me feel good or mm. um you know just you sound you know, they want to know what service i served in i'm like i i never i'm a pussy i didn't serve anything. <laughs> they're like i i man i would take orders from you if you came at me like that i'm oh, like wow. great but there's yeah there are others that just feel and there's some guys uh and girls that are just very depressed and they're like you you know the the way you did this book it it brings me out of this horrible horrible depression at least for 12 hours or whatever it is and it's like god damn yeah. The, you don't know who you're helping. No matter what genre you work on, it does go a long way for somebody. Mm-hmm. Damn. Your mom, your <laughs> mom <laughs> reaching through to the show and making God. Damn. It's supposed damn. to be Valentine Love, and I'm just like all reflective and teary. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. it is very intimate yeah. what we do. It's I intimate. Mean- it, it is. We're we're in their brains, and yes. I, I I imagine. I mean, I get a lot of crazy fan mail, but I I imagine <laughs> that they're. I actually don't listen to audiobooks, weirdly, but I I can imagine that that you would feel very close to the person. Yeah, I had a I had a the reason I narrated. I started to narrate is because of a guy named Frank Muller. I don't know if you guys know him, but he's a he's a god to me familiar Um, with the name yeah he he unfortunately passed away several years ago um but every time i read i i I just kind of have him in my head because he kind of made me realize that audiobooks aren't just a person reading that's that's what i thought they were i can't believe like how 
blinder, you know, I had blinders on. I was just so focused on the fact that I didn't want to read because I didn't want to read books just, you know, before narrating and audio books were worse because that's even fucking lazier, you know, just some guy <laughs> reading to you. But I didn't realize you could do so much with it. And Frank oh, yeah. did the voices and all that. I'm like, holy shit, what is this? Yeah. And so he opened my eyes to it and then I, you know, I got into it. But uh, yeah, there, I, I, just such a, str- I don't know why I, I kind of got off course. What the hell were you talking about? <laughs> The, the intimacy Sorry. of having yeah. someone in your oh. he- in your head. The intimacy, yeah, and, I, and which, he yeah. he really hit me. He he really reached me, and his he, he actually said, um, uh, when I read, I imagine that we're kind of sitting around a campfire, and I'm just telling you a story. Yeah, and I was like, Beautiful. that's good, you know, just not, you know, just telling a story. One guy just hanging out, and that's how you relax and you become intimate, and you just make it so relatable and and yeah so he he really had a huge influence me uh, uh, on me in that fashion and uh yeah i'm extremely grateful for that so uh growing up um my awesome mom uh would take us on car trips and and uh audiobooks was her way of staying awake because our, our grandparents lived far away and she she liked to be able to do the drive the entire time and so an audiobook was mm-hmm. great for that you put it on you end the drive you're usually there um yeah. and uh i think there was this one narrator martin jarvis and he's a british narrator and i absolutely adored him because we listened to the we listened to mysteries listen to agatha christie Mm -hmm. my favorite and uh he did uh she's a woman of class ha yes uh (laughs) but he did this one book uh the moving finger and i remember that just we we would request this on every drive ever and so i've listened (laughs) to it probably like 35 times um and he just he made an entire world come alive he was everyone and it, it it was like you could you could see these people in front of you 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 knew this village he it just it was so incredible um mm. he had such a musical tone when he even when he was mm. just narrating and it was that sort of thing that i was excited to do when i got the opportunity to start working and and i i just love the idea that I'm I'm doing something like that now and I get to help yeah. do that now. It's just so exciting. It's exciting. That's very cool. Very mm. cool. I love that. What I'd like to do now, if it's all right, is get to the Mad Libs I had you guys. <laughs> yes. yes. I will tell you the Mad Libs books, the uh, Kama Sutra Mad Libs. <laughs> so if it's all right, I'm going to read them to you guys. I was going to have you read Please. them, but I... Just, no, yes. I, I don't get to read very, very much, uh, you know, deep and sultry <laughs> and sexy stuff. So, so I, I'll have fun, Rebecca. This is from Kama Sutra Mad Libs, and your story, Rebecca, is the Kama Sutra shopping list. All right, I'll try to give a little, a little bit more oomph on your words. So, <clears throat> you've got a fluffy date tonight with your grapefruit of the month. And you're hoping to get slimy. If you want to if you want to show your elephant the time of his life, you'd better make sure to pick up these beatific items on your next trip to the Wyoming. Massage candle adds a cold glow to the bedroom and gives you an excuse to touch his abdomen. That worked. Arousal gel makes a woman so loud she can't control her cotton balls. <laughs> cottage cheese flavored condom cottage cheese flavored condom oh, gives new meaning to the phrase 
swimming out. <laughs> this this one. <laughs> vibrating pinky finger ring. That worked. Guarantees a round finish for both man and computer. <laughs> Scented bath. That gel. also works. So you can both get clean after you've gotten all gross. That was phenomenal. Uh, I need a copy of that. (laughs) It's funny though. It's still for both man and computer. Absolutely, (laughs) still works. It absolutely still works. My favorite words to write down in sending the list was cottage cheese and cotton balls, and I could not have hoped for any better outcome than how they were used. Cottage cheese. Oh, Oh, God. Uh, All right. So disgusting. Okay. Tess, yours was called a trip to the ER. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) There are some geese in the Kama Sutra that are guaranteed to land you in the emergency can opener. (laughs) Unless you want to get glimmering, be sure to avoid the suspended Congress. The man stands with his nostril against a wall and uses his hands to hold the woman up in a vertical galosh. Unless she weighs... Unless she weighs 756 pounds, it's not going to work. The the yawning position. This is the cupcake that allows for the most enormous penetration. Problem is, the Kama Sutra was written 1,004 years ago when men had much smaller kneecaps. Ladies, be warned, this one could shrink. The, The turning position. A man and a woman explode while he turns her around in frosty circles. Try not to get dizzy and boil. <laughs> oh, my stomach. Beautiful. Oh, there, these are, there's my these ab workout for the awesome. day. <laughs> this is great. This worked out. Leave it to the romance narrators to figure I out know, how to do you, this right. Yours, Dan, is is very simple. Kama Sutra 2.0. Mm. Okay. Sex was angrily different when the Kama Sutra was written seven years ago. So what would the Key Lime Pie Sutra be like if it were written today? <laughs> First of all, the writing is swiftly confusing. You have to be a portly genius to understand some of the concepts in the book. It would be much easier to write the book as a series of tweets. Sex advice in 24 characters or less. Second of all, some of the ducks in the book are are totally outdated. Been there, dabbed that. If you want to learn how to stab... You can just go online and watch some surly videos. (laughs) To make an impact on today's Twinkies, the Kama Sutra would have to feature dime stars like Rebecca Jameson and Sasha Chartreuse. Plus, the Kama Sutra really only covers sex between a man and a woman. Today's Kama Sutra would likely include sex between a man and a coconut and a woman (laughs) and a clown and all of the above. <laughs> I, I want been there, dabbed that on a T-shirt. <laughs> been there, dabbed that. When I wrote it, I was very. I'm like, I don't know what it is, but I need to make this that word. A man and his coconut. Yeah, and a woman and a clown. Let's not forget. Although that is basically man and a woman. I mean, what are you gonna do? Uh, 
But no, the word chartreuse for the color. It's like yeah. chartreuse. What the? <laughs> it's, the it's, it's the funniest color. It really is. And it's got the best word, and I like your nickname for it, the Key Lime Pie Sutra. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, what I, why I read your second was because, uh, Tess, you said that it was written, the Kama Sutra was written 1,004 years ago. Dan, you said seven years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, that, I appreciate that. was the first that. thing that stood at me. Well, as I was Look, doing I, it, I was like, wow, that's different. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just so, read the books. I don't know when they're written. I just <laughs> read what I'm given. It, uh, that's right. Exactly. So, guys, thank you for doing that. That was Thank you for the beautiful reads. Oh, stop. Thank you. (laughs) You should do this professionally. Oh, no. Oh, yes. uh. (laughs) I wanted to just mention some of the lines that stood out the most to you for whatever one reason or another. And some of them were great. Well, they were all pretty great. But um, this this one, especially, Dan, you had the night was rank with the smell of men. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now, here's the thing. Not something I read. That's from A Dance of Dragons. That's the first line, because that is another book that I'm surprised it's like with these genres. It's like there is so much fucking in those books, yet Mm. they are art. And nobody has a problem talking about those. And they have just as much sex. They just use less verbose verbiage. (laughs) I was going to say, they're just less uh, thesaurus-y. Yeah. You ever feel like, ladies, you ever feel like so, like sometimes these books are written by people who just glanced at a medical journal and didn't actually <laughs> know where these things are on the female body, but they know from a manual? Some of the positions, I'm like, I don't think that's possible, but have fun. No. <laughs> yeah, maybe in my 20s, I don't. <laughs> I'm impressed by the, the repetition from book to book of the descriptors. Mm. You, I actually find there a lack of originality. Weirdly, yeah. they're, they're, oh, it's always the same words, and mm-hmm. there's a set of words often that I have to say. <laughs> Come on, I don't know if you guys you have encountered so. this, but I was shocked at how how many books this pair of words exist in. Because when I first read them, they were very original to me. Uh, for the female genitalia, slick folds. Yep. Oh. Oh yep. yes. So many though. Slick folds is in. Ev- it's in every book. It's in almost. every book. Yeah. That is yeah, an it's... awesome pseudonym. No, I've had that thought. I'm. I'm I a hundred percent. I, I almost with did an it. an E. Narrated by Slick Folds. <laughs> Why does that work so well? <laughs> uh, it really does, though. But do you come across uh, co- that a lot? That's. Funny. I'm really surprised. I mean, all, I would say like uh, three out of five books. Slickfold. Wow. Yeah. Do you also encounter a lot of the usage of tight tunnel? Because I feel like they really like the alliteration. Velvet channel. Vel- yeah. Tunnel, velvet yeah. channel. We get velvety slit. <laughs> Jesus, these are like great fucking band names, too. Exactly. These are great. <laughs> velvet channel. I've noticed that in the harem, it's it's a little bit more like, ah, yes, the the established slick folds, the established this one. Whereas I feel established. like, I, yeah, especially in, um, I feel like female written romance, they tend to be like, let me say this without saying it in the most interesting <laughs> and where did that come from way possible. Re- like, I yes. see that a lot more. <laughs> if I can say, like, I've noticed like the books that I feel like the writer has the best connection with their spouse it's it's the one where I read 
where they described it as the glorious perfection. Oh, like as the as the, the as the like almost capitalized the, holies, the yes glorious yes. perfection. Oh, like, that's fabulous! It was it, it was actually one of the best scenes I I read too because it was like very heavy on the romance of it right. and the yeah. feelings of it. And I think yeah. they said maybe cock twice. Wow, and it was it was talk refreshing. about restraint. And yeah. I know <laughs> it's challenging. Every now and then I get sort of arrogant and think, oh, I could do this better. But when you actually get down to it, it is you do run out of words. <laughs> I was just going to, well, that's the thing is that if I came up with slick folds or what was it, Velvet Channel, Velvet I would Channel. use those once. And I, I, I would make sure I did because it's like those, those, I can't redo those. It's obvious that that's glorious. I have to leave it. <laughs> the pinnacle. So, but, but I'm still just me. I'm like, it's just, I hear. I'm like, God, that's just crafty. That's, you know, like I, it's, it makes me chuckle. But at the same time, I'm like, damn, the Velvet Channel or whatever. It's like, that was good. You know? Yeah. And what, what was the other one you said, Dan? Tight, what? Tight? A tight tunnel. I tight find tunnel. there's a lot, there's a lot oh, of come on. usage of that because the alliteration as a narrator, yes. it's fun and it does make sure. those scenes more enjoyable. Yes. Um, but then when they start to describe the man's reaction, I've actually found in some of our early work with uh, Rebecca and I, the release has been described as like metric ton, a oh, bucket yes. of, oh. a fire wow. hose of. It is, it is. Mm, it's it really used to be a running joke. Like, what amount did we get this time? Swimming pool? <laughs> like, football yes. field? It just keeps going up. <laughs> it's it's ruined gardening for me because I can't say the word seed without my shoulders going. <laughs> yep. like, no. uh, the amount of times I've had to say that as the female, just like, yeah. Yeah, that's another I, thing. I like, want that. The, with, with, the, with, the partners, with the partner narration, like, when we started, like, we, it was when I think we reached our first, like, equilibrium, Rebecca and I, we, we were just like, I just looked at her and said, I have to describe all of the actions. And she's like, yeah, well, I have to react to all of the actions. <laughs> I have to act like yeah. I want everything you're saying. So. And I have to describe everything that happens. Yep. Yep. And yeah. so then we just went out to drink some more and it was great. Yeah. <laughs> you guys have clearly broken down boundaries that most people in the world don't have to worry about with each other. Like, all right, yeah. let's do this. Exactly. <laughs> She's coming you to my too. wedding. It's, that's, I am. That's, that helps. Oh, it's going to be great. <laughs> When's the big day? The big day is October 2nd, 2022. <gasps> and we are getting married in lovely Ithaca, New York, where we met. Uh, I will say this uh, to go back and try and get sentimental about the, the genre. Because mm-hmm. um, I know that we were talking about usually when this comes up, it's like, you know, in hush-hush sort of, ooh, this kind of book. I've actually started to, like just calling it romance fantasy and sure. just using that as the descriptor. Cause I feel like people are very open-minded when it comes to that. But I feel yeah. like the word harem has such a negative connotation mm. or just an antiquated, uh, you know, idea. It's, yeah. It is. I kind of can't not love the genre cause yep. it's paying for the wedding. Mm-hmm. It uh, is. It's, nice. it's allowed me to be able to have a future with the person that I love. So it's all, the best works of the genre are still steeped in love. And, and that's it's giving you some really great ideas for the wedding. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> not unless a lot of people get cool with a lot of things really quickly. <laughs> okay. 
right right or yeah. if you yeah. you have to sprout wings and stuff yeah um, well no she does she so does. she does and right. a tail she and um, and you know yeah oh. my brides <laughs> oh, yeah. she actually Shh. read some of my stuff like she read one of the books we worked on oh really back in the day and she she read the first one and she finished it and she's like it wasn't that bad i'm like it wasn't that bad she's like I've read Fifty Shades for fun. It's the thing, yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah. Rebecca, I like your mom. Dan, I like your fiance. Tess, who you got for me? <laughs> <laughs> My grandma's asked some questions about the books. Really? Fantastic. This is the problem with the genre bit, and this is actually why I enjoy doing um, books under pseudonyms, is because I sort of have I can I can give family members or you know civilians uh, uh, a pseudonym to look up and they'll be safe within that genre. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. I, 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 so obviously, Dan, you're engaged. Are, are Tess, Rebecca, are you guys uh, married, romantically yeah. involved? You're married. Okay. Mm-hmm. Have your significant others listened to your work? No. No. Well, okay. Mm, no, actually, <laughs> that's she does edit. She edits. She edits stuff. Them. Okay. She's helped me a lot. She's a, she's a peach. She, <laughs> she just... She's great. She edits a lot of my stuff. Look at you all fucking new and fresh. Yeah, be, Talk to me when you're married 15 years. <laughs> the interesting thing, though, about you asking that question about like them listening. I, I, so someone I'm, I'm very close with just did a, a, a book with. They got to partner with me. And I was, I was nervous to, to do one of the, the, the sexual scenes and and kind of yep. it was the first time in a while it was actually the first time since doing it with Dan I think that I'd done it in person with anyone that I'd read this in person uh, not just mm. by myself in the booth where it's a lot less <laughs> awkward um, yeah. but uh, I, I kind of got a little a little shaky and nervous afterward and he turned and looked at me he's like you know what I was expecting this to be this just like raunchy episode of stuff and he's like you yeah. you somehow made this like you, you brought out the love. You you made this seem like these were two people who were really connecting. And I, yeah. I just kind of like looked at him and he's like, yeah, no, this, this doesn't bother me at all. I'm like, Oh, cool. Well, well, thanks. Like, it was, it was nice. Yeah. It's nice to get that reaction. Tess, what about you? <laughs> oh, my husband is so bored by it all at this point. Like, I mean, <laughs> I think when, when it was new, it was more entertaining, but at this point yeah. I've, you know, come out of the, booth from narrating my fourth yeah. orgy of the day and he's like I don't, I don't, I don't care yeah. so <laughs> tired tired of it my supportive wife like it was early on when I did that first one I've done about four or five anyway rookie uh, <laughs> oh. no it's just they were like my you know to kill a mockingbird I fucking nailed all five there and I just go. walked away on top that's on top he, um, he just knew he was done at that uh-huh. point <laughs> Why As most men perfection, are. Am I exactly. right? <laughs> yeah, yes. I was in. Do it I was a few done. times, and then stop. That's it. Sorry, ladies. Um, but <laughs> she would. She would listen. Uh, she would listen to everything that I did. And uh, one of the greatest compliments she ever gave me, which is when we, you know, it was early on in our marriage when we were all fresh and new too, Dan. Um, uh-huh. She's. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. She said, "She, I listened to that book. I was like, yeah." She goes, "You're really good." And it was kind of shocking because Aww. we went to high school together. We were just friends. And then we met up 10 years later on Match, mm. oh, which is really yeah. an appropriate story for this episode, isn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. it, it really does work. It really kind of works here. So hearing that from her was like, that was just wonderful validation from an old mm. friend who has, has seen what 
I've gone on to do. And it's just so like, you know, great about it. Um, <clears throat> on the flip side, she listened to that first book that I told you about <laughs> and she goes, uh, she's like, yeah, I stopped listening. Uh, like after the, it was on CD after the first disc. Cause I just, I don't want to hear my husband talking about sex. I just, <laughs> <it's> like, <laughs> and I was like, you know, I, that's totally fine. It's fuck. No, it's not good. <laughs> this is dating you. Cause you referenced listening on a disc. Well, yeah, <laughs> I, I had to, uh, no, it was only, uh, it was like 10 years ago. So, I mean, you know, could you imagine like that's like in the middle of a chapter, just like he inserted his cock into her. Please flip, or flip the two. <laughs> and flip it still the, works. Flip the disc. Where are you? You got laser disc going on. You got a cassette. Yeah. You dated yourself. My God, I was born in the 1880s. I've just kept going. Wow, look at you. You're like yeah. Lestat. Look at you. I, uh, mm-hmm. oh, well, you I, said it right at the beginning. He's the eye candy here. You know. I guess he is. I try. Look Wink. at you. Because because they can't see me, so wink. Uh, well, I will. Uh, no, I will tell. I will tell the people listening. You're like a. You're like a dark haired Scott Brick. You look like Scott Brick to me a little bit. Hey, cool yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah, I know. I that like better it. be a reaction. <laughs> yeah, I got Jurassic Park. I love yes. listening to it. I remember uh, I, when I first started doing the genre. My fiance Faith. She read through it and she. When I described it to her, she looked me in the eyes. She says, the most unbelievable thing about the genre is not the dwarves or the dragons. It's the fact that the woman finishes twice before the man. (laughs) (laughs) Fantasy. (laughs) (laughs) Before we go, I wanted to, uh, since this is a, uh, you know, again, Valentine's episode, I wanted to throw in some um, vanilla questionnaire of uh, sweet things that could be romantic and all that stuff. And I, I thought it might be fun. You know, we did the, the Kama Sutra Mad Libs. Let's go sweet. Ready? <laughs> uh, let's start with Rebecca. Ready? Here's the first question for you. Who was your first kiss? Aw, it was... Uh, <laughs> uh, he became my first boyfriend. I was 16. Um, and uh, in the typical, I love turning my life into movie moments, we were sitting on a dock <laughs> overlooking uh, the water and there were no. like stars and city lights glistening in uh, the ripples of the, the lake. And yeah, that was my first kiss. It was nice. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Tess, you up for that? Sure. Um, That was actually uh, in a game of truth or dare when I was probably about 13. It was very chaste, but very (laughs) sweet and thrilling. Awesome. Very cool. And uh, whatever. Who are you? you? What's your name? Dan? (laughs) Yes. Uh, Yes. Mine was also in a game of truth or dare. Um, Oh, that was you? What yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> <laughs> darling. Um, it was it was down the sh- I know it was down the shore in Jersey. I went with a friend on a summer vacay. There were some girls that lived in our area that also went. My first one, she actually kissed me, and then I used my second one to kiss her. Ooh. And then I met up with her one time after, and I regret never meeting her again because she could have been my first girlfriend. But what? everything worked out the way it should. Oh man. It's funny. Mine is like yours too. I, she kissed me. Uh, it was uh, sixth grade. She was my girlfriend every single year. First grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade. We broke up two each every year. Yeah, of course. course. We always got back together. <laughs> it, and uh, yeah, she, she said, I remember I got a note folded up 
mm-hmm. all square and fun like. It might have been a triangle. I don't remember. But she said, <laughs> I got I have something to give you at, at uh, lunch. We were right in front of the office, the school <laughs> office. Mm-hmm. And she she was shorter than me. I'm I'm kind of tall. I've always been tall. And she pulled me down and gave me a kiss. And I was like, (sighs) (laughs) so what's the thing you need to give me? I had to play it off. Like, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So sixth grade, what was I? 11, maybe 12 or something like that. But like I said, we had known each other for every year of school. So that's the, that's the best first kiss story. I'm like, can't, I'm like, yeah, she, she vanished after. (laughs) I kissed a ghost. (laughs) Maybe you did. Maybe Maybe you did. did. Twice though, because. Twice though, but she kissed me first. She's a really friendly ghost. (laughs) Yeah. That's cool. Casper the very friendly ghost. (laughs) Uh, Here's, here's a, would you rather. Rebecca, when doing it, would you rather be caught by your parents or your children? Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> God. Uh, you don't need an explanation. Just pick one. I know. Uh, you know what? Uh, kids, because I can pick their ages and maybe they're two and they don't know what's happening. The end. Yep. Kids. <laughs> Good. Tess? Well, I don't have them, so I would rather be caught by my non-existent invisible children. Oh, I see. We're just (laughs) playing with the rules, are we? Okay. (laughs) Dan. (laughs) Parents, because I can shout epically, I'm furthering the line. Oh my God. I'm I'm not I'm not I'm leaving it at that. That shit was woo! You nailed that shit. Oh, it was funny. It did its job. (laughs) Hell yeah, it did. That's I'm gonna use that. Dad, what are you doing? I'm furthering the line, son. Excuse me. <laughs> Rebecca, Tess, and Dan, thank you so much for, for doing this. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's, <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day. Day. It was delightful. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Well, now, anyone else need a cigarette? Woo! Man, I thought having a Valentine's Day episode with three naughty little narrators would be funny. And don't get me wrong, it definitely was, but my God, I was utterly fucking fascinated. Now, I'm sure you're all sitting there wondering, but Bobby, have you listened to any for pleasure? And the answer is no, because I'm positive a fucking klaxon will sound across the hills and fruited plains while the porn police contacts my family and tells them that Bob Bray downloaded audio porn and liked it. And any elementary school teachers I had who are still alive will pool their cash to take out ads in Family Circle listing my searches in addition to a couple of two or three billboards in my hometown saying that former promising student Robert Bray is a perverted sex listener. And admit it, you also have a subconscious voice telling you something probably way different but similar, don't you? Well, hopefully Rebecca, Tess, and Daniel swayed you as they did me that maybe it's not such a bad idea to create a separate, completely untraceable Audible account using the name of that asshole you work with or really fucking hated when you were younger and give one of them their romance titles another shot. Tess, Rebecca, Daniel, my boy, thanks so much from the bottom of my loins for making this first audiobook special. Well, special. Next up, Sex Kitten and Kinky Roleplay Instigator... Take two. Next up, the best friend I've ever had, my beautiful, hysterical, and logical wife, Hope. 
We recorded this as a live stream at the end of 2021 so she could answer any questions you had about my personal life. That means there's been plenty of time to edit her answers to be more akin to the image of pure manliness and musky perfection I've been working tirelessly to brainwash you into believing. Until then, this is R.C. Bray saying, Didn't see that shit coming, did you? Narrated by Slick Folds.